in today's podcast, we have the amazing Tash with the... Amazing Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Phil is going to come and ask me some more questions so you can get to know me better and get to know some more cool things. Are we going to do some cool things, Phil? I reckon. We'll discover a few things about you that the people out there may not have known. Welcome to the Your Writing Success Podcast. My name is Natasha Alshoff and I'm a Grand Prix dressage writer from Australia, author of three books and a leading online trainer of writers all around the world wanting to take their writing to the next level. I'm also a chocoholic, mother of two amazing children and obsessed with helping writers be all they can be. Each week, I'm going to be bringing you stories of inspiration, ideas and strategies of how to make real progress in your writing, and give you actionable advice on overcoming writing fear and anxiety so you can take your writing to the next level and be the writer you dream to be. So let's get into today's episode. Well, I think we should also just point out, there's Mm. people that don't know, um, we have known each other a really long time. Yes, we met each other at school in uh, many years ago. In 1998, February of 1998, um, I remember a friend of mine rang uh, rang me up. She was working in the uh, uniform shop, and she's like, "Oh my god, this really hot guy came in to get a school uniform." And I went, "Oh really?" And she's like, "Oh, I don't know how hot he is because he had long hair, and he's obviously going to have to cut it because our school was quite strict." And I went, "Oh, long hair. He doesn't sound good looking at all." I was very anti long hair, which we're in ice, right so now, at the moment, hairdressers have been closed. Is not an and I did not want you this. to cut my hair. <laughs> we saw what happened with Tyler, our son. <laughs> yes. Anyway, just because I can't cut hair does not mean. Anyway, um, so this, I remember sitting there. I was so excited. It was my first day of year 12. Um, I was 16 years old, and I remember we were so excited, and it was assembly, and everyone was coming in for assembly, and this man, well, you weren't a man then. You weren't a boy, you were adolescent. <laughs> this guy, let's just call him, walks in with a beautiful haircut, may I may I add. Mm. And I went, Oh wow, who is that? I him. I'm gonna go out with him. I like him. So what do you do in year twelve when you like someone? You tell all your friends, yeah, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And Phil's at this new school and everyone is going up to him going, That girl likes you, that girl likes you and he didn't quite know. Every time he looked around I was with other girls, because of course you're around other girls, so I was like, Which one? Um, and cut along, and then they told me his name was Reginald, and I was like, I don't know if I can like a guy called Reginald, because <laughs> I was very deep back then, obviously. <laughs> I judged you on your hair, and I judged you on your name, um, but then I found out his name is Phil, and he plays piano, amazing. I had a fact file in my diary of Phil. I was like, I know he plays piano really well. I think, I hope he has a six-pack. I'm like, he can swim. And then we had swimming carnival, and I could confirm he did have a six-pack. And he could swim really fast, and he could play piano amazingly. I was like, this guy is amazing. So had to had to make him my boyfriend, which we did two weeks later. Yes. He didn't have a choice in the matter. No. <laughs> no. Probably. You would have had a choice. Oh, of course we did. But I think we can move on to maybe more horse-related it's a things. love story. Okay. But yes, well, cut a long story short. I do remember two months in to us being boyfriend and girlfriend. I remember putting the, 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 closing the gate to my horse paddock. And as I closed my gate, I, I just, a thought came into my head and I said, I'm going to marry Phil. And I think I told you, I said, we're getting married. Um, cause we used to write each other love letters, thousands of pages of love letters. 
Yeah. It was a thing back then, okay? We wrote, people would write letters, like I'd write letters to my girlfriends, e I'd write letters to my say, boyfriend. Email was new back then, wasn't it? We didn't have email. We did not have a phone. It was hotmail back How then. How old do we sound? We did it not was, have an it was, SMS. It was hotmail. SMS came the following year, 99. There you go. But now, so how old are we now? You're 39, mm. I'm 38, so how long have we been You're together? You're 39 too, but anyway. Oh, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a birthday. So if we're 39 and I met you when I was 16, how long? If we met in 1998 and it's 2.20 now, it's 22 years. See, this is why I also married him because he's much better at maths than me. 22 years, and yep. guess what? Mm. I love you more. Oh, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> he got better, that's why I can love him more. Oh, <laughs> Maybe the hair again's growing. No! Okay, All right, but anyway. Sorry, into the interview. Well, because we want to know about you. I guess that was knowing a little bit about you and your personal story. And my story. craziness. Um, but let's talk horses. Horses, so right. How did you start getting involved in horses? Like, did you just. It's just like one day I'm like four or five, I like horses, or just how did it come about? Yeah. So when you're, when you're a baby and when you're a toddler, you learn what animals are. And I remember like, this is a cat, this is a dog, this is a horse. I'm like, horse, 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 horse. And ever since I could remember, my parents always asked me to write down what I wanted for my birthday and Christmas. And they got really angry and frustrated because I would just write one thing, horse. There was nothing else on the list. I just wanted a horse. And my parents were like, you can't have one, you can't have one, you can't have one, you can't have one. And I just heard you can't have one yet. <laughs> um, and, yeah, eventually uh, one day um, I was going a little off the rails. I was, was around, yeah, I don't know how old I was, but I was getting a little out of control and maybe hanging out with the wrong kind of people. And my aunt, Auntie Mary, who I will forever be grateful for, said to my dad, um, she's been asking her whole life for something that will occupy all her days and all her time and all her weekends and all her evenings, um, and you've never given it to her. Maybe, maybe you should give that to her. And my dad went, oh God, that's a really smart idea. So he said yes to the horse and I stopped going in the wrong direction and stopped hanging out with anyone except my horsey friends and spent all my time with the horse. Well, there you go. Mm. So it's just, it, was, it was just as soon as you knew horse existed, you loved horses. Yes. I just, I just, I, and I don't think I had ever gone near you one. your first experience of seeing or, uh, or actually like um, patting a horse or meeting a horse? Yeah, so I don't remember it. There's a photo of me um, and I was probably around 12 months and I was obviously getting a pony ride and my dad's holding, holding me and the horse um, and I've got a massive smile on my face, but I don't actually remember it. Mm. The first memory I have is my aunt and uncle had an Arabian horse farm and so I loved my first horse I loved was not Frisians it was an Arabian and um, they I couldn't ride the horses but I could help I remember just being so excited so being about seven seven or eight and going my aunt and uncle lived in Queensland so we'd visit them once a year and I remember going there and um, their sons had to feed the horses like it was a chore for them and I remember just saying to them I can't believe this is like what you get to do every day and they were like moaning and groaning going yeah we have to do our chores and mm. I just was like what can I do can I put the lucerne in or can I make up the molasses and I just I looked forward to that Queensland trip for no other reason except it meant I got to spend a week feeding horses patting horses I, I would just smell them they smell so good mm. I don't know if it's so good, but like to me, that <laughs> smell, I just adored them. Yeah, so that's my first memory. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Alrighty, next question for you. So people probably wouldn't know that um, you haven't always ridden just purely dressage. What was some of no. the other? What was some of the other areas that you kind of had a play in or dabbled or? Yeah. So my my criteria when it came to buying a horse was I rode with a friend of mine and um, uh, I really wanted a horse that came when you called it because we kept our horses at group adjustment like mm. these massive acreage paddocks of like. I don't know, maybe 30, 50 acres. And um, it was a real drag if your horse was down like 50 acres away and you had to walk walk. and walk and walk and walk. Um, So if your horse was 50 acres away and you called it and it came, like you were the most special person at the adjustment. So that was my criteria. It came when it it was called. Um, As a side note, I did have a horse that first didn't come when it called. And that's okay too because then you tie the lead rope around its halter and you get on and you ride it bare back up to the up mm. to the adjustment, which was also fun. Um, yeah, so my criteria was come and call and um, be the fastest. So we'd do races. Like I never rode dressage ever at the start. We just um, would ri- race each other. And so I wanted just, the fastest horse. I still wanted to win. Yeah. I still being every memory around horses was competition. I wanted to win. But yeah, I wanted but to win the race. It was like pleasure, pleasure riding at the start. Just yeah, I remember in summer we'd just ride in our bathers all day and take the horses in and out of the dam. And um, uh, what else would we do with them? Race, and I guess we did some jumping. Yeah, I remember. I liked jumping. I did. I liked the feeling of going in the air. Um, yeah. And what horse were you riding at this stage? I think I kind of remember one of your young horses. No, well, this no. was, I leased a horse called JB okay. originally, and then, yes, we bought Tyson. But then the jumping, so I JB, I really loved jumping, and I always thought I was going to go to the Olympics for three-day eventing, and then I bought um, a chestnut Arabian that was beautiful that came when I called and was fast, but he did not jump, mm. and that really caused me a lot of grief. So I had to become a little bit of a better dressage rider because that's all we could do. And we did win a lot of dressage things with him. And then I bought my off-the-track thoroughbred, my black off-the-track thoroughbred, because I was going to go to the Olympics on him. And then I started going, these jumps are getting really high, and they were not getting really high. I actually remember those jumps. I came to some of those early competitions. Did you think they were high? I can honestly not remember them at the moment, but I, I do remember my favourite part was always back then. It's like, oh, running around a course, jumping giant trees and then I think like landing in the water and stuff. So I used to position myself at the water jump <laughs> and watch everyone attempt the water jumps and stuff like that. But I do remember you, yes, cross country and I don't remember much of the show jumping that you did yeah. at the start. So, but yes, yes. So, and then you moved into more of the dressage. Yeah, again, based on the horse, the horse um, was getting unsound and had degeneration from the racing, we think, um, and so jumping was going to wear him out so much mm. quicker, so we just turned to dressage, and I think I got another year out of him before then, yeah. he had to be retired. That's very cool. Yes. Well, I want you to take us now through some of your coaching experience, not, not you coaching other people, but you being coached, and some of the people that, uh, or coaches that may have had a big impact on your writing and maybe even your direction as you went through the years. Is there any um, particular coaches that stand out or lessons learnt that had a bit of an impact on you? Yes. So um, I think... (laughs) I I do remember my first coach. Her name was Helen. And um, God bless her because she had to, like, wrangle all us people that just wanted to go fast and jump. And she was the first one, like, 
no, we're going to do flat. And she taught me like what a diagonal was and what a what a what um the correct lead for the canter was. And is this group coaching at the time? Yes. And and how old were you guys? The group of you, like, the group of like ten. 10-year-olds or something like that? No, I was never that young. I was like 15. Okay. Yes. Yes. I, I wasn't riding when I was 10. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I remember that. And I remember just thinking, boring, hate mm-hmm. this. <laughs> um, I was not into it. Um, and then I, I remember, I can't remember the coach's lady, but I remember the moment when she said, you don't turn with an inside rein, you turn with an outside rein. And I remember thinking she was really old and really dumb, and that does not sound right. Still doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you're the one telling me these days. <laughs> um, and I remember, yeah, and that was me trying to become a dressage rider and just going, nah, that doesn't sound right, total rejection. So I don't know if I was amazing to coach when I was young. Mm. I think I did have a lot of rejection of ideas, Um Knowing what I know now, my personality is I need to know why. If she had explained the... Because she didn't explain the biomechanics of why an outside rein could turn a shoulder. She just said, turn with the outside shoulder. Mm. And I was like, like, to turn by pulling your outside rein. And I just went, that is cuckoo. Um, (laughs) So knowing what I know now, if a coach says that, I I need to know more for me to action that. Um, But I didn't know that back then. So I think I would have been quite rejective of a lot of the concepts that were taught to me if it didn't fit into my paradigm, Mm. which is annoying for them. So sorry. Um, uh, And I think it's hard, like, especially when you're young, um, your coach, you're not just there to learn writing. You're going through so much other stuff and self-belief and self-confidence. And um, I had big goals. Like it didn't matter that I didn't know that I thought you turned with your inside rein. I still thought I was going to go to the Olympics next year. So I think I had these grandiose ideas. I had rejection if it didn't fit into what I knew. Um, So I can't imagine I was very coachable. No, and I was thinking to myself then, has has one of your almost biggest coaching moments not even been with horse coaches at all? It's actually kind of in your um, your own training. Um, If you want to tell us a little bit about that and how that just enabled you to understand. Yeah, so I think my whole life I remember being very frustrated very confused and um, and I'm not, I don't think it was the coaches, it was me because I didn't know how I worked and I didn't ask for what I needed and I probably had a coach that she was definitely a different personality, um, a learning style to me. So she taught in her learning style, which wasn't compatible with mine. Um, so I then just made that mean I was useless and I couldn't learn and I was really bad at writing. Um, but none of that stopped me. I'm still going to the Olympics. Um, but yes, I think the turning point, when the, the moment when I see in my writing career and in my co- when I was getting lessons, when I stopped feeling frustrated, lost, confused, alone, stupid, and started really learning was um, when I learned about how I worked. Mm. So I went and understood, um, I went and did NLP training and communication training and coaching training and learned how um, communication actually works, how humans are wired, how some humans um, learn in one way, how some humans learn in a different way, how um, when we communicate, how ineffective communication is. Mm. Like, it's 
impossible to communicate clearly. Like, I obsessively try to communicate clearly and I know I'm only 10% of communicating what I'm actually trying to say, which is the the fault of the English language and, the, like, not even the English language, the fault of language and the fault of, you know, it's, it's not fault, it's just what it is. Um, so, yes, that was definitely a defining moment in me understanding how I worked, how then I could get the knowledge. Because when you want to learn something, it's just you've got to get the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but how we get the knowledge and how we can actually use what's said to us in a, in a functional way. Like I said, people could have been telling me these concepts for years, but if I couldn't hear or understand the concept, why waste your breath? It never would have gone in. And then it enabled, I think it enabled you then to ask the right questions to get the information that you wanted then. Yeah, I took responsibility for my learning and um, definitely went to a lot of different coaches. And at one point, I didn't have a coach because that's the other thing. So you go to a coach, and that's the wrong word. You go to riding instructors to learn how do I turn with the outside rain? What is a diagonal? How do I ride PF? That's a teach me the skill. But a coach, to me, the definition of a coach is there's so much more to that. So I didn't have anyone that believed in me. I said, I'm going to get this Frisian to Grand Prix. And I had all these humans that I was paying to help me get that goal that were saying, well, we'll we'll teach you the skill, but we don't think you can do it. Mm. And we don't think that'll happen. Um, Again, thank God I had my training to go, well, that's okay. I don't need you to believe in that because I just need to get the skill from you. But there, there did become a time where I just went, I don't think they're even really trying to teach me the skill because their map around why would I teach her this because there's no way that that would happen was kind of blocking yeah. the thing. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's, oh, I could talk for hours around coaching and coaches. That's and for another, I think that's another <laughs> one. I think we'll delve into that another time and okay. go into that very deep. But as, as certainly that, I, when I was thinking in, in, in that question and knowing you for that long and seeing you with different writing coaches. Seeing me cry all the time. All the time. Every yes. time. No, I, I was thinking it's actually your coaching away from um, horses that got you the, 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 the biggest yeah. influence on your riding. Very well um, said. And yeah. I should point out now, I'm very lucky um, that I, I, yeah, I've got um, great coaching. you got right access, now. yes. Yeah, yes. so I'm very, very grateful. Yeah. Today's episode of the Your Writing Success Podcast is brought to you by Xflix. Xflix is a video streaming library with videos on anything you could imagine related to horses, barn secrets, overcoming fear, dressage videos, goal setting videos, fitness videos, anything you would need to improve your riding journey. You can try it all for $1 for a 30-day trial with no ads and cancel at any time. You can access it all for a limited time only for just $1 for your first month and then $9 recurring every month thereafter. Cancel at any time. If you'd like to access this $1.30 day trial, visit yourridingsuccess.com backslash xflixp or click the link in the show notes. Cool. Well, they, we're up to um, a bit of a fun part of the episode now, Tasha. Okay. Some, some quick fire questions. I won't be that Pre- quick. Well, I'll quickly I can't, them. I'm getting too stressed. I'm like, is it a one word answer? I can't. What, what, what? Okay. Go. Speak without thinking questions. No, it's not. Um, I always speak without thinking. <laughs> Alrighty, are you ready, Tash? Yes. For question one. Question one. If you could be any animal. I want a buzzer. <laughs> what would it be and why? Oh, that's... After I talking in this whole thing, well, this is not quick. No, what came into my head was tiger. Okay, not a horse. <laughs> no, lion. Lion. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to be a horse. Someone ride me? Maybe go around in circles? No, not a horse. <laughs> Cat. 
No, not a lion, because then I don't have my food. I cat. I change my answer to cat. Okay. I sleep all day. I get fed. I have to do nothing except sleep and eat. <laughs> Sounds about right, too. Uh, okay, what is one thing that is on your bucket list or one thing you want to put on your bucket list that you want to do? One thing? Just why? Well, that's why this is, question, this is a quick question. So No, they, they deserve pondering. If I could only do one more thing... Uh, what really, as I would say, what's come to mind is I really desperately want to get my kids to Lapland and um, see the Northern Lights, go on a reindeer sleigh, go on a husky sleigh and um, experience like 23 hours of darkness or however many hours And for those who don't know what Lapland is... Oh, I don't even know if that's what you call it. I think that's is the Is it Finland? Area. Yeah, I think it's the area. Yeah. So it's up in the... They consider it's it the um, a central North Pole in that yeah. sense, don't they? And there's a little Santa house and, and I want to go there in the month of December and, and oh, I just want to drink hot chocolate in a little sleigh with a reindeer. With some gentle snow coming down, no wind, so it's just quite nice, but it's probably mm. going to be absolutely... Oh, see, in my mind, it's not even going to be cold. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> in my mind, I know there's snow, but I didn't even realise that it would also be cold. <laughs> okay, moving on. This is an interesting one. I don't know if you have an answer, but who is your favourite superhero and why? Oh, I'm not very good with the superheroes. Um, so my brain goes Wonder Woman because I know she's a woman who's a superhero. And she's pretty cool. She's like, yeah, I liked that movie. You saw it recently too. Yeah. Yes. Gorgeous actress. Uh, who do you admire the most, Tash? The most. It's a tough question. <laughs> what came to mind is I was really lucky and honoured very recently to have an interview with Charlotte Jost. Um, and I admire her. Out of everyone, like, so my, my brain went Isabel Worth because I really admire her results, but it's only, I only admire her for that little area. Mm. But in terms of whose life do I admire the most, we always used to say, like, maybe Richard Branson because he seemed to have a good balance of everything. Um, and I think Charlotte's got a really cool balance. So go, Charlotte. Thank you for our time together. You really have <laughs> Keeping on the movie theme from earlier, if a movie was made of your life... Oh, the life of Tash. What would the genre be? And who would play Tash? Well, I was going to say romantic comedy, um, but probably <laughs> just comedy. <laughs> so comedy. Um, no, who would play me? Um, can I say the girl that was in Wonder Woman? She's pretty cool. You can. Uh, uh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot or something. Gadot. Yeah, who knows? We don't know our names. But like, no, <laughs> she like, but she doesn't really signify like who who would play me. Like maybe Catherine Zeta Jones. I don't know. It's a very hard question. You got dark hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, are you a morning person, a night person? And I'm going to add something in, into this as well, or neither. You know, I'm a morning person. Oh, okay. I did not know that because um, I but, get up before you every morning. But I also go to sleep before you. I know. So that's why I said neither. But where? So I go. Where do I have the most? Yes. Phil gets up before me and goes to sleep after me because you have this crazy energy that just you're weird no you're not weird you're just very special i'm also very special so i need between eight and nine hours of sleep you do between seven and eight or six and seven. Oh, i like a seven myself you like a seven yeah, yeah and i like it's got to be over the eight yes 
<clears throat> yeah, so I still think I'm a morning person. I definitely have lots of energy in the morning. I could not. I can stay in bed till 10, but I can't sleep till 10. Yeah. I'm yep. always awake. So my rule is, and it's not something that I set an alarm for, my body will wake up every single day when the sun is up. So I like yes. to not sleep with the blinds closed, and when the sun's up, I'm awake. And the only time I have to sleep with blinds closed is when we're in Europe and it's, a, it's light at like 2 a.m. and then my brain's like, yeah, I know. Ah. Whereas here now, we start getting light about 6, oh, six o'clock and you're yeah. almost waking up. So late. I'm normally in bed, but, but my energy is definitely the best in the morning. Everything. <laughs> I try and fit all my life up into lunchtime. lunchtime, and then I eat, and then I pretty much have to snooze the rest of the day. You take on that cat adaption, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a morning person. I'm just not an early morning person. Yes. Okay. Now, what is one of your weird quirks, Tash? Oh, you know what I'm going to say. What would you say one of my weird, my biggest quirks is? Oh, obsession of sitting in front of a, a blowing heater. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I think my biggest quirk is if you... Yeah, I always have a heater on my feet. Um, and it, So in the office, I have a heater on my feet. But even in my office, sometimes I just... Um, well, you guys can't see because you're listening. But I get down. I have to sit in front of the heater, like in a... like And, and like Phil always just says, she goes around with her bum in the air. <laughs> Because I just, I just, yeah, I like, I, yeah, I don't know. That just got weird quick. Um, yeah. We'll leave it at hater. <laughs> Even on, the, we're coming into summer now, and I know um, in the office here, we're all kind of like um, shorts, t-shirt, or even singlet, and it's it's warm, and you're still... Yes, and you would extrapolate on. that to, oh, Natasha does really well in 40-degree heat. I don't do well in heat either. No. I just run cold, so I need, like, 20 degrees means jumper and jacket and heater on. But then when it gets to about 25, well, 25 is okay, but 30 is now too hot and I can't do anything either. <laughs> I just have a, I think I have a problem with temperature regulation. Your thermostat is just, um, <laughs> like, it's, it's quite set. Um, do you have any superstitions? Superstitions. Well, clearly not, because nothing's coming to mind. Like, I don't... I, I love black cats. I'm cool with ladders. I'm cool with cracks. Apparently, that's a thing. You're not, you're not meant to step on a crack. Uh, then you don't have any superstitions, no. Um, no, I really we'll don't. And lastly, could you describe yourself in three words? Three words. Fun-loving. Obsessed. I'll say fun-loving is two, one word. Okay, sorry. Oh, it's got a dash. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> fun-loving, obsessed, and and make it happen. Oh, that's not one word. Well, obsessed yes, is make it we, happen. We, we get the so we need one more word. What you describe me in three words. No, I'm not the one answering I the questions. I want to know what you would describe me as. Oh, um... I put you like as energetic slash bubbly like you're quite a bubbly personality um planning goal like planning goal setting oh, kind yeah. of thing definitely there mm. and um shortcut as you kind of and we said that's that's a great thing finding the best way to get the quickest result that is definitely my wiring yes yeah. Cool. That's, that's my answer. I love that. I love that. It's like this is my wife. 
I I describe her as bubbly. I'm like, it's my dream <laughs> to just see. Yeah, <laughs> this is my bubbly shortcut. Thank no, you very much. Well, you much. said if I was to dream, No, I yes. totally agree. Yeah, so my words would be fun-loving, um, obsessed, and shortcut. Okay. I like that word, yeah. Well, there you go. Done. That is That brings us to the end of get to know you a little bit more about Tash and... Awesome. We need to know one time. I think people would like to get to know you. We'll see. We'll see (laughs) as we go on. (laughs) Awesome. Have an amazing week, guys, and we'll see you next time. To stay up to date with the latest content, don't forget to hit subscribe to this podcast. Go on. Hit subscribe. I'd love if you would also love to leave us a review to help us how we could do better or make this even more amazing for you. And remember to follow us on Instagram at Your Writing Success and Natasha Altoff.